In this installment of The Grind to Find, I'll share candid talk about the importance of pieces you may not know are missing in your life and relationships and how missing minor details and making assumptions can lead to major losses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to explore the heart of this grind right now. Saturday family and welcome to the grind to find Tara and Michelle here certified spiritual mindset coach and professional ghostwriter helping prospective authors take their manuscripts from pause to publish by presenting concepts that empower writers to define their grind you know that whole writing process unapologetically on their own terms topics here identify internal disconnects simplify misaligned mindset moments and capture clarity so that a blueprint can be created that magnifies your greatness and captivates your readers. You know, it feels like it's been forever and a day since I've sat in this chair and shared some time with you. I have missed you. I really have. (laughs) And I know some of you have missed me too, and I appreciate that. But y'all, man, there is so much to talk about on this episode. I don't know that I'm going to get to it all. It doesn't matter because there's always tomorrow and there will be tomorrow. But I know the first thing, the first curveball that I'm throwing at you is this is Saturday. I know ever since the inception of the grind to find, we've been chilling together on Friday evenings, but you know what? Things are changing it up. I'm switching it up a little bit. I'm moving the grind to find to Saturday. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you didn't have notice about this. It it never was the plan to change today, but you know what? It's a better flow for now. So you'll be able to get at me on um, all platforms on Saturdays. And you know what? I'm I'm leaving it kind of open with the time frame. Now, this when I say open with the time frame, air quotations. I wish you I wish you could see that. There's some platforms that I'm on that they're going to air the show at a at a designated time. But as far as me dropping here, um, on thegrindtofind.com and you know listen god willing it'll be every saturday i'm going to shoot for the <laughs> for the regular time of uh no it's not going to be 8 p.m. 8 p.m. that's what i'm going to do I'm going to do 8 p.m. i used to do 7 <laughs> 7 p.m. it's going to be 8 p.m. now eastern standard time but anyway I, that that's all i want to say about that i want to glide right into uh, the topic at hand today and um you know, this is one that, uh, when I mentioned in the intro about some of the, the missing pieces, the importance of pieces that may be missing in our life, some pieces we know, we know just from flowing and what we do, some areas where there are some gaps that, that need to be filled. And then there are other areas of our life where we may be oblivious to, that being an area that has a gap that needs to be filled, where, where there are some 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 things that we could stand to tighten up on. I mean, of course, we're, we're all going to do uh, what we need to do or get around to doing what we need to do. Because, hey, sometimes there are things we need to do and we're not in the space to do it at that time. <laughs> it's like note to self. Eventually, I need to address that. Then there are those times when we have those things that we need to address and we say, you know what? I'm on it. I'm on it. 
Now's the time. I'm going to make it happen. I'm not talking about that on this show today. And um, I'm not talking about that because we can plan, get support, pray, however it is that you do your thing when it comes to getting yourself positioned, mind, body, and spirit to handle the gap in your life that needs to be filled, to address pieces that may be missing. But this episode, as I said before, are about some of those areas that we're not aware of. And you're like, okay, Terrell, what if, well, if I'm not aware of it, then what am I supposed to be doing with that? Well, sometimes there are events that will happen in our life that if we're open and if we're receiving what's going on around us, those events will act as a way of pulling your coattail and saying that, hey, you need to work on this. Now, I'm going to share something with you that uh, happened recently. Oh, threw me for a loop. Threw me for a loop. Me and a lot of other folks. But I'm sharing this with you because um, this event, uh, it, 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 it was heavy. I don't know how else to say it. It was heavy. And um, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. But I'm sharing this moment with you because when it comes to some of the pieces that we're not aware of that are missing in life. Every experience could be an opportunity, a space of learning for us, if we allow it to be, to get to the next phase of really being present and aware of some of the things that we should focus on harnessing because it makes us better members of the community for those around us. And when you're when you're a, a better member of the community for those who are around you, at the end of the day, you end up growing and sharpening whatever it is within you that is your gifting, whatever that anointing is. In this case, many of you creatives that listen to this show, because there are creatives that listen to this show, then there are just believers that listen to this show that don't necessarily create in the vein of writing. If you're someone who's connected to spirit and you're listening to this show, is so important for me on this show to get into the so the the aspects of who we are that um, I think can lay dormant in a whole lot of circumstances. It's time for us to wake that up, and I'm hoping that sharing this with you today, if nothing, helps to do that. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and glide into tonight's topic, which is mastering what's missing. It's that time of year, the holiday season. So many different holidays, Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas is coming up and it's a time where many folks are all about family. It's all about communing with the ones that you love uh, under whatever guys your family happens to do that. There are many out there who don't celebrate these holidays and um, even the people who don't celebrate the holiday per se, that does not mean that they're not taking the time to commune with their family as they normally would. And for uh, my family members, it was the same thing. Folks getting together to spend time together, break bread together, do what folks do around the holiday season. Well, this one was a bit different. This Thanksgiving was a bit different than any Thanksgiving that anyone in the family has ever had to date. 
And this was different because family members gathered to spend time together, to get caught up, to just be in each other's presence. It's kind of like when you arrive at who's ever home, <laughs> the, 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 the dinners or whatever going to go down that. When you get there, you're just taking it moment by moment. If you come and you brought something, you're putting it on the counter, you're walking around the house to see who's there and, and, and what's going on. And so this day was like any other day on Thanksgiving. Any other day, there's nothing that could be pointed out that would stand out that made this day different. And so then the day progresses and folks are chilling and doing what it is that they're doing. And at some point, a family member decided to take space alone by themselves. And in that moment, a twinkling of an eye, I guess you would say, this person decided that this Thanksgiving was going to be not only the last Thanksgiving that they would celebrate, but it would be their last day on this earth. This person decided that they would take their own life and they did, and they did. And so, of course, even in hearing that, you can only imagine how completely and totally just catastrophic this moment must have been. You go from togetherness, communing, celebration, gratitude, love, occupying the same space to in the blink of an eye, tragedy, because the family is banding together to try to keep life in this person who made the decision that they didn't want to live anymore and they decided to do it that day with everyone there present in the home. So needless to say, after the ambulance comes and you know the, the person is taken away to the hospital and you know there's that surreal thing, you know, like did this really just happen? Is this real? I mean, how can this be? This doesn't happen to us, our family. This this can't be. There's the questions, there's the fear, there's the anger, there's the devastation up until the moment when it's made official that they're no longer here. The plethora of questions, the emotions, the everything is just as wordy as I can be. I'm a wordsmith for a living. I still don't have the words to articulate what that moment of the confirmation that this person was no longer with us. And the crazy part is that I always knew that I cared for this person. I always knew it. I mean, how could you not? How could you not love this person? I, I but it's funny. After all of this played out, it was just, um, realizing the depth to which I didn't know that I loved him. You know, I mean, I mean, it's like, how do you quantify love? How do you quantify that feeling? I mean, we, we know how to quantify pretty much everything in our life, you know, and, and we, may, we may talk about, I love you this much. Just imagine however far out you got your hands. Or if you've ever had a conversation with somebody where you go back and forth, just in jest about, oh, well, I love you this much. I love you that much. You know, we've probably all had those types of situations, but really how do you quantify how deeply you love someone? 
And for me, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, all, all relationships are different. You know, this person had such a amazing, charismatic, just funny as hell. Okay, just funny and real. Ooh, so real. So he had multi-dimensional layered relationships with so many different people. I think that everyone who knew him felt as though what they had with him was special. No matter the length of time that they've known him, the, the depth, because some relationships have different depths, you know. Everyone had their own relationship, but I think that everyone felt as though their relationship with him to him was special. That part is challenging. And so for me, you know, I I remember getting the confirmation that he was no longer with us. And I remember, you know, you you hear it and you know, and I mean, given what happened, one would think, well, how would he survive? You know, and then you get the confirmation and then it's that whole processing thing. It probably took about a good 24 hours or so for it to like set in and become for real, for real. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And I mean, you like, yeah, Sherilyn, I mean, of course you, of course you would cry. You know, you lose somebody that's close to you that you love. Of course you're going to cry, you know? And I mean, he had others that were closer to him, but it doesn't matter. The, we had a lot in common that you wouldn't think (laughs) that I learned from some of our conversations and the more recent ones, the more recent ones, um, just being in Chicago and having some time to sit down and, and talk to him. And I, the last time that we spoke, it was gut busting laughter. I mean, gut busting laughter. So why do I bring this up with this conversation about missing pieces? Nah, just a little bit of perspective. Losing someone suddenly can definitely make, and, and, by, and by suicide, let's just say it. Let's say the ugly word. Losing someone suddenly and losing someone by suicide, I think is, is deep because out of all the people that loved him, it just boggles my mind and I I can't speak for anyone else I imagine that it boggles all of their minds that none of us were someone that he felt like he could share whatever was bothering him with so for context just the trauma associated with that event yeah that'll definitely make you reflect but it it this is not just about that this is just just an example that I'm using that is uh, most recent, you know, given that it was Thanksgiving Day. Um, I'm using this as an example because in dealing with the shock and the trauma associated with that loss, it made me wonder, what are some pieces that are missing that I'm probably not aware of in my life? And, And what made me think about this is because being around him, and everyone else being around him. You wonder, how could I have missed that? How could I have missed that? Do we have a tendency to normalize certain things around us, normalize certain experiences that uh, people may have, experiences that we know that people that we care about may have that are traumatic, (laughs) they are traumatic, but we normalize it and in normalizing it, 
then that kind of takes and um, I think I think we normalize things because it's easier for us to process things that are really big and big emotionally. It's like we'll have certain events that happen in our life where it's just so much on us emotionally and spiritually that as a defense me- uh, a defense mechanism and maybe even a coping mechanism, we may tell ourselves that, eh, not that big a deal. You know, yeah, that happened, but, you know, well, you'll get beyond it. And yeah, we will. We will. Some of us will. In this instance, this person didn't. But is it safe to assume that someone just will make it beyond something. And so that's why I wanted to talk about some missing pieces today. Trust and believe that, uh, and and I want to make sure that I say this, trust and believe that the decision to take one's life, if anyone makes that decision, clearly they're at a space where there's some deep spiritual damage, deep spiritual damage that's been done that is insurmountable and clearly they don't feel like they can handle it, okay? I don't think that anyone that makes that decision is in a rational state of mind. And so to have conversations around what you know they should have or what they could have done or what options were, that's, that's a sickness. And so usually when people are sick, they're not at maximum capacity to reason or to think through what they were doing. If they were, then naturally there would be some other um, options, or they would feel like there were other options. There would be some other way that they would process going about handling that situation. In any event, um, there are instances where because folks are sick, they don't. Now, why do I why do I put that out there? Well, okay, that's gonna take me to another space. So, I had a conversation with someone, and I mentioned to them this situation. It was fresh. It had just happened. Uh, this person just reached out to me and uh, it, it had nothing to do. They were just reaching out to me just in general, just cause, you know, and this had, this had, this had just happened, uh, I think the day prior. And so, uh, you know, they asked what everybody always asked, you know, Hey, well, you know, how, how was your holiday or whatever? And so when I responded, um, I shared some of what I experienced and, uh, we ended up going from messaging to talking on the phone. And this individual went to telling me, it was more so about um, blaming the the victim, blaming uh, his his mindset was, well, you know, people that do that, all this judgment about people who do that, you know, which was highly offensive to me. First of all, I thought it was classless and tacky to take a moment when someone shares something like that with you. And then the first thing you want to do is analyze it and judge the person who clearly was ill when they made that decision. And so that goes back to those missing pieces that I talk about. Just, uh, he was to me, the person that I was speaking to, just cold, matter of fact, and well, you know, what he should have done or could have done and people like that with the judgment. A missing piece and that would be empathy. Are we so hardened by things that go on around us that we lack empathy for situations that clearly can be traumatic for some people, even if it's not for you. But are we or are we not, and I'm talking to believers, are we or are we not showing up in this world as as close to Christ, as close to who Christ was? And if that's the case, I just can't imagine the Messiah going through life. What if he thought about the, the, the folks 
with leprosy that he cured the 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 uh the different ailments that he cured the demons that he casted out of people the sight that he gave to those that couldn't see what if he was too busy judging the fact that they couldn't see or judging the fact that they were ill in any kind of way and the reason why i'm talking about this you're probably wondering what does this have to do with creativity and writing well i'm gonna tell you what it has to do with it for me one of the things that i love about my makeup the way that the creator has created me is that um i remember a time when vulnerability was something that I ran from. I actually think the fact that um, I, I love being vulnerable, I think sometimes that's that can work to my detriment. You know, I ain't gonna even get into that, that's another show. But I think that the fact that I'm comfortable with with uh, being uncomfortable and embracing vulnerability in, in different um, areas of my being and of my life, it makes me better as a support when it comes to coaching and helping my clients to be able to bring forth their ideas to unbridle some bridal creativity. And so when I'm talking about missing pieces from within, I'm talking about our capability to be able to tap into aspects of who we are and to be able to use that to better receive and feel for other people to get to a space where we no longer normalize and make small things that could be big to others just because maybe they're not big to us. Because as creators, when we're taking and putting our hearts out there on paper, putting our hearts out there on audio, however you choose to share aspects of who you are and what it is that you do, when we take the space to do that, the way to really impact and connect with people who receive the work that we do is to be able to articulate and express ourselves in such a way where anyone who connects can find a piece of themselves that is relatable to what it is that you do. Now, it could be relatable to them personally, or maybe they're able to draw to and relate because of someone that they know. But if there's an area of us that's closed off, that there's a, if there's an area of us that's untapped, that there's an area of us that we have allowed to become numb, like a lot of this world. If, if it's an area of us that we keep completely and totally disconnected, rather aware or unaware, and I'm going to assume in this instance that it would be because some of us may be unaware. How are we truly able to serve in the way in which many of us pray to serve as creators, those who will receive our work. And so part of being able to connect to pieces that are missing within us, we may not even be aware of, the beginning stage of that would be exploring from within, whether or not it's a possibility that we could have fallen prey to the mob mentality of minimizing pain minimizing stressors, minimizing what it means to fail, minimizing uh, personal judgment. Because from my estimation, this person who um, we all lost, it's a huge loss, man. I can't even, I can't even articulate right now the gravity of the loss. Clearly, he had a judgment about himself that was so very harsh as to where this 
this was the only option. This, this, this was the only outcome that there could be. I think there are a whole lot of folks within the sound of my voice and people that you may know. It may be someone where they're around and you say, wow, they are just negative all the time and I just cannot do it. I cannot and I will not. <laughs> Some of us know those people, but there's a reason why that is. And although that is something that can be a drain, because I've been in those situations, that can be a drain on us in a moment, that moment could be something completely and totally different if maybe we're not focused on how the moment may negatively impact us. Now, I'm not saying that we should take on all of everybody's stuff, but when I'm talking about missing pieces, are you open to being inconvenienced and persistent and long suffering in order to be able to be an instrument to lighten a load for someone else who may not know how to lighten that load on their own? And I think this instance um, with this person that I lost, it showed me that, you know what? I could definitely do a better job of being plugged in and maybe making myself someone who is um, feels accessible to those who may need me. Now, again, I'm not saying that in this instance, there was anything that me or anyone else could do. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that if there's someone in that space that it's necessarily as individuals, our job to be able to change it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if you're presented with a situation like this, where let's just say for the sake of argument, it was going to be what it was going to be. And no one, nothing that they possessed or did not possess was going to change it. Let's just say that that is actual and factual, that there was nothing that any of us could have done to change that. Clearly, to an extent, that's the truth. All right. So let's just say that. However, in looking at that situation, is there something that I could probably tap into within me that may prove to be helpful so that moving forward, it's an area of growth for me, which presents me as an opportunity for someone else. And that's what this conversation for me is about when it comes to missing pieces. From a creative standpoint, I think that um, there are so many instances in which we unintentionally limit our capability to be able to truly impact. And I think that when we're opening ourselves up to truly impact, it's not only about what others will receive from what we do, it's about what we receive from others who are able to receive from what we do. When we're able to give in, give in a way that impacts and elevates what we receive, the reciprocity that comes with that situation is something that keeps going and giving on and on and on and on and on. It's a ripple effect that not only lasts a lifetime, but that ripple gets bigger and bigger because once you're able to make the plunge and make one ripple, because you're continuing to be fed as you feed, then each and every time you make a plunge, it's bigger. That splash is kind of like cannonballing. <laughs> you know, you may start off and you, you cannonball, you can't raggedy the first time. So you don't really get that full splash that you would because maybe you wasn't tucked tight enough. Or maybe you kind of, as you was jumping, you didn't have your legs together. Or maybe you had your arms flailing, but you cannonball a few times. And before you know it, you can splash the whole dog on pool because you, be, <laughs> you do it enough to get together your form so that each time you're able to make 
a tremendous major impact. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the capability to be able to make a huge impact because of what we're willing to give of ourselves and how um, how we're open and willing to thinking outside of the boxes that we're already in when it comes to uh, how we choose to create and the accessibility the accessibility that we allow from within that um, and what am I okay when I talk about accessibility. I'm talking about us making a choice to eradicate some walls from within. And and let me say this, because I don't want to just be rambling. This, there's a whole lot I'm telling you with there being a lot that I'm not telling you. And there's a reason for that, <laughs> you know, but okay, I will share this. All right. So there's uh unrelated to this particular instance because there's a few di- different things going on there was another instance that i had um actually it was about three days prior to thanksgiving where i was having a conversation with a family member this particular family member was um sharing uh some details that she got from a conversation that she had with another family member and uh, it wasn't gossip at all. She just got some information where she was concerned and she really didn't know what to do. She really didn't know what to advise. She really did not know what to say. And so the person that she thought to call was me. She said, hey, you work with this kind of thing all the time. I want to share something with you because I feel like I need to respond, but I don't know what to say and I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so she admitted that she was shocked by some of the information that she was getting from this family member. And um, the information was about some different trauma that she had gone through. And so um, she listened and listened and listened and listened. And so, you know, when she was telling me what was being said, I'm like, okay, how did you respond? And her response was, well, you know, I just, I just went on to encourage her and let her know that everything was gonna be okay. I said, well, you know, encouragement is good, but was there any acknowledgement of how she must have been feeling? Anytime she's sharing these heavy things with you, it's because she's feeling some type of way about what's going on. Was there any acknowledgement? And so she says to me, she says, well, I mean, I was, you know, telling her that, you know, things happen and, you know, you, you, you can't just take on all of this stuff that's happened. I said, well, you're telling her what she should do and what she shouldn't do. But I'm talking about acknowledgement. I'm talking about a pause where, oh my gosh, I can only imagine how much that must hurt you. I can only imagine some of the confusion that you may be thinking or how some of, you know, how you feel. And so, you know, she said, well, no, I I didn't think to do that. I said, well, I'm just curious as to why. As we talked a little bit further, it was because she wasn't comfortable with putting herself out there. Because let's just face it, when you're acknowledging how someone else feels about something, you are putting yourself out there to receive after you acknowledge it, where that person is. And I know for for some people that could be triggering. For example, if you talk to somebody and they're talking about being mugged in an alley before and having a gun put in their face, and they're saying just going through the story of what happened, 
They're not talking about how they felt. They're just talking about what happened. If someone's telling you that story, well, there's two ways you can handle that. It could be, oh, wow, you know, like, all right, so what did you do? And, you know, did you call the cops, this, this, and that? There's that portion. But then there's the other space of, oh, my God, that must have been terrifying. What was going through your mind then? You know, really getting into how that person feels. So why do I share this? Because I think oftentimes, because of what's a space of comfort for us, we will minimize or completely and totally avoid how someone is feeling. And simply because some of us, we just don't know how to deal with that. Some of us, we don't feel comfortable with it. Some of us, it could be triggering. There could be lots of different reasons why that's something that we divert to. Let's just face it, for the average person, feelings are not comfortable. <laughs> they, their own feelings at times, much less other people's feelings, you know? It's just not a comfortable space to be in. However, learning how to navigate these situations by allowing ourselves to break down corridors to support others. In supporting others, it creates a space for us to be able to grow as well. And so that's the point in exploring missing pieces from within. It's all about having the courage to allow ourselves to walk through those corridors that we've had guarded off within our mind and within our spirit, all of which reside in our body, allowing ourselves to go through those corridors, unsure, uncomfortable, maybe afraid, maybe ill-equipped. A lot of us feel like we may be ill-equipped to handle these spaces, but God never puts more on us than we can bear. Yah will never do that. Yahweh has us prepared for any and everything that life may throw at us. If only we would step up and be present because we know that anything that we encounter, we're not walking into that alone. We're walking into that equipped with the Holy Spirit, the Father residing in us who has all answers who has all of everything as long as we're connected. And so from a creative standpoint, it's so important to choose to create that atmosphere from within where we're constantly char uh, challenging ourselves to rise above the mob mentality of minimizing and laughing at and disconnecting ourselves from trauma. Um, certain language, which is really important. Words are powerful. Um, some of the different terminology that we're all used to hearing, especially within our community, the black community, but it's not only exclusive to, to our community. I think I mentioned our community a lot here on this show, not only because I am a black woman, but because um, our people are the ones that are plastered across every form of media and depicted as some lowly degenerates when it comes to uh, our mental health and our way of, of, of being historically, it's, it's always been that way. So that's why I referenced that that way, because in response to the um, strategic attacks that have been done on us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know, we've, in order for us to be able to cope and in order for us to be able to make it, we will minimize trauma. Some of the language that I'm talking about, um, some of the things like uh, functioning addicts, what the hell what is what really I, I know what people mean when they're saying that 
you know, when they say that someone is a functioning addict, what they mean is that, okay, you're not on the corner panhandling or, or begging for, for, for this and that. You're able to go to work and, and um, punch a clock every day, you know, but how functioning could someone be if the parameters for being someone who's functioning is just going to work and coming home? That's it. <laughs> that's that's the parameter. Forget about the time that's missed with family. Forget about the shoddy relationships. Forget about the gaps within their life that have been just have holes like like rat cheese running through them because they are functioning by earning a paycheck to spend it all to feed an addiction. And even if all, even if they're not spending all, they're spending most of it. They're not in the space to have consistent, loving fulfilling, fruitful, bonded relationships because there's something else in their life that occupies that space. How about normalizing environments where there's uh, gun violence and things like that? Like it's not a big deal. You know, you grow up in it and you learn to adapt it because that's what you have to do. But then you get older and you move away, but then you take your children back to it because it's family and things like that there. You know, just normalizing traumatic situations. When we do that, it creates a space of numbness within us. It makes it where there are a whole lot of things that we see and a whole lot of things that we experience, but there's a wall from within that keeps us from truly feeling them. And if we don't truly feel them, then we can't understand the depth of how that situation, that same situation can impact someone else and overwhelm them. And so I just want to challenge anyone that's listening to this to just take a moment to think about accessibility from within. Are you allowing yourself to access spaces from within that are not comfortable, spaces from within that you may feel ill-equipped to navigate, spaces from within that make you question your strength, that make you question your capability, that make you uncomfortable, maybe even embarrassed. Are you at a space where you're open to letting those doors, those corridors be ripped down and going into some unchartered territory to strengthen your emotional intelligence, to access points within where the only thing that you know that will help you to navigate it would be the Holy Spirit and doing the work to actually tap into the Holy Spirit so that you can navigate those places. When you are comfortable and capable, and, and maybe you'll never be 100% comfortable, but when you are at a space where you're willing because you know that you can access those spaces and make it to the other side, I would say then that there's a space within you that will awaken and that will become alive and that may help you to connect more deeply to those around you. In some instances, it may help to change and transform and save and others, it may not. I don't think that anything happens unless Yah allows it, you know, and we don't have to understand it. It doesn't always make sense uh, to us, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't serve a purpose and that it's not sensible in some way, shape or form for the kingdom. You know, I'll say that, but when it comes to 
missing pieces. It's okay for us to be comfortable with what's been revealed and what we already know, but I wanna challenge you to venture deeper into maybe some areas of your being that you may not be aware of. And if you say, well, I'm not aware of anything, so I think I'm good. Well, what if you're not aware? And it's just simply because before taking a listen to this episode, you hadn't thought about different opportunities that had been presented in the form of different circumstances, situations, and maybe even being privy to others' lives around you that were meant to serve as a tap on the shoulder and an open invitation to get closer to Yah. All right? All right. Well, that is it. For content today, if you haven't already, you already know what to do. Log on to thegrindtofind.com and click on feed so you can follow me. But hey, if you don't do the thing online, it's all good. I'm on all major apps. It does not matter. I don't care if you're on Spotify. I don't care if you're on Apple. I don't care if you check out Podbean, my host, where I am. Doesn't matter. You can get me anywhere just by searching the Grind to Find podcast. Uh, and yeah, that's that. Also, I want to say again, I know I threw a curveball at you guys. I want to thank you guys so much uh, for those of you who listen to the show. Um, you know that it's been three weeks that I've been on it since the inception of the show. I've never had a gap like this that um, didn't have anything to do with planned time off. <laughs> Sometimes things are unplanned, but, um, it's good to be back with you. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the love. I truly appreciate it. Um, I am going to rock out, uh, through the rest of this year. Actually, the last week of December will be, um, when the show will be for 2023. I'm sorry, 2022. Then I'll come back in 2023. It'll be the end of January. Um, of course, if you're following uh, the Grind Define podcast on um, Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, I'll make sure that I update, uh, update that information there as well as if you're on the email list. In the meantime, in between time, please, oh please, go about your days knowing that for everything that you do know, there's a host that we do not know. And we can be passive and just take the ride through life and hope that it reveals itself. Or we can be proactive and choose to seek for the things that we don't know. And with prayer and taking on all opportunities, even the challenges, get closer to connecting to and strengthening some of the gaps within and knocking out some of those missing pieces. No matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Daryl and Michelle here. Until next time, I'm loving y'all. Peace and abundant blessings.